The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. The Gospel of the Lord. As we noted at the beginning of Mass today, the Diocese of Rockville Center celebrates the feast of our patron, Saint Agnes. And it is a lamentable fact that in many cases, the faithful who live in a particular diocese often know very little about the patron of the diocese. Just as it is all too common, unfortunately, for those who worship at a certain parish to know all too little about the patron saint for whom that parish takes its name. And when we allow ourselves to remain indifferent or uninformed about our patrons, what we really do is we lose access to a real treasure. And the treasure that the Diocese of Rockville Center has in its patron, St. Agnes, is a remarkable one. And so our gospel reading today has a double aspect. On the one hand, it speaks about that treasure hidden that we must search for and dig up, that treasure of the gospel, that treasure of the kingdom. And one of the ways we plow the field of the Lord where the treasure is hidden is by considering the great things he has done in and through our patrons, our patron saints. But the other element of our gospel reading today is that this gospel reading is chosen not for what it says about devotion to St. Agnes, but for what it says about St. Agnes herself. And on that level, at first glance, it is a surprising text because it doesn't speak directly to martyrdom from what we can tell. And so let's frame the issue here because there's a number of surprising things to look at, delightfully surprising, wonderfully surprising, as we turn our gaze toward this great saint. Oftentimes, when we see Agnes depicted, she's depicted as an adult. And spiritually, that is true. But historically, that is not true. Spiritually, she grew at a very young age to a mature adulthood in the life of faith that surpassed many of those who were far older than her. But Agnes was a little girl when she gave her life for Christ, not even a teenager. 
between the years of 12 and 13 years old. Think about that for a moment. The patron of the Diocese of Rockville Center is a girl who, were she alive today, would be in sixth grade. A little girl, a child, and she's our patron. What a remarkable thing that is. The fact that the church has in its roles of the saints a number of children, a number of young people, and we tend to overlook that. And yet here it is, the youthful virgin, the youthful martyr that we celebrate today. And we look at her and we see great things that are done in an unexpectedly small life, an unexpectedly small package, an unexpectedly small and weak vessel with no legal standing in society, with no authority, with no professional accomplishments to point to, with no significant independence to act outside the home of her family. And yet she is our patron because of her greatness. And what a greatness this is. Agnes lived in the middle of the great and horrible persecution instituted by the emperor Diocletian, not just in Rome, but across the entire empire. A persecution that was so vicious, so all-encompassing, that bishops abandoned the faith, that clergy in great numbers abandoned the faith, and that when the persecution finally stopped and those who rejected the faith sought to return, there was a crisis in terms of how do we receive them? How do we forgive them? How do we move forward from this? If we think we have great problems in the church today, and we throw that word persecution around a little too lightly, nothing that we see against the church today is like that was. And little Agnes, little Agnes, because she was a believer, was rounded up among others and dragged into the temple where the pagan altars were set up. And the great command was burn incense to the pagan gods. Worship the pagan gods, and you can go free and go back home. This is a little girl between 12 and 13 years old, brought into the temple to offer incense to the pagan gods by soldiers in armor. This is a little girl whose wrists were so thin that when the chains were put on them, they fell off. This is a little girl lost and overwhelmed in a world that is bigger and mightier than her in any physical, measurable sense. Imagine how terrified you would be at that moment. 
Imagine how overwhelming that would be for you as you are brought before that altar. And while any one of us might say what we hope to be able to do in that moment, let's be honest, that's hope. That's not a guarantee. And this little girl brought in curiously walks up to that altar and she shows no fear at all. And as the incense is put in her hand, she reaches up to heaven and with her hand traces a sign of the cross on that altar because she will only worship one God and her heart belongs to only one Lord. And imagine how shocking that was to everyone, to the soldiers who sought to frighten her, to the people who were sympathetic but expected nothing from her, to those fully grown who just a minute before offered that incense on that altar to that non-existent God. Imagine all of that. And this remarkable, remarkable witness, so simple, so direct, she doesn't give a speech. She doesn't work a miracle. She simply witnesses to the fact that she has a treasure that she is willing to sell everything to possess. This is our patron. And it gets even more remarkable than that. Because now the question is, how do we get her? How do we get her to give up? How do we get her? Because her witness has been so powerful, how do we get that to change? And so now, the full horrifying power of Rome is brought against this little girl, including the extreme step of having her dragged out into the street, into the public square where the crowd was, crowds were gathered, and having her stripped naked in front of everybody. And imagine how humiliating that would be with the assumption that if we shame her, she will beg to do anything to get that shame taken away. And again, remarkably, remarkably, as that began to happen, when the people, including the non-believers, saw what was going to happen, they all looked away. And no one looked at her, except for one brazen young man who was struck blind for having done so. And now notice how the Lord himself witnesses to the dignity of his servant. And then there were the bribes. Proposals for marriage from wealthy nobles, from governors. The increase in status and her response was, Christ is my spouse. 
this little girl, because he chose me first, and I belong to him. And so she rejected all of those things. And when it was finally clear that nothing could overcome this little girl, then she was threatened with death itself. Then she was threatened with pain. And as she's dragged in, she offers herself with no fear and no hesitation. Secure in her faith and her sense of to whom it was she really belonged. It is good and right that we celebrate her today. It is good and wonderful that the diocese have a patron such as this. And it is a shame that outside of her feast day, we know her so little. We spend so little time with her. What a remarkable example, not just for us, but for our young people, for our young ladies in particular. This school-aged little girl who witnesses to a fully mature faith in Christ so well beyond her years, so well beyond what so many of us have who have reached our physical adulthood have been able to acquire. And so having said all of that, it's now time to turn to someone far more eloquent than I am to give you a sense of what the church, a very short time after this persecution ended, had to say about this little girl. And these words were written by St. Ambrose, one of the greatest theologians the Western church has ever produced. This is a virgin's birthday. Let us then follow the example of her chastity. It is a martyr's birthday. Let us then offer sacrifices. It is the birthday of the holy Agnes. Let men be filled with wonder, little ones with hope, married women with awe, and the unmarried with emulation. But how shall I set forth the glory of her whose very name is an utterance of praise? It seems to me that this being holy beyond her years and strong beyond human nature received the name of Agnes not as an earthly designation, but as a revelation from God of what she was to be. For this name, Agnes, from the Greek and being interpreted, signifies pure. So that this saintly maiden is known by the very title of chastity, and when I have added thereto the word martyr, I have said enough. She needs not the praise which we could utter, but do not. None is more praiseworthy than she for whose praise all mouths are fitted. As many as name her, so many praise her by the noble title of martyr. We learn by tradition that this holy martyr testified in the 13th year of her age. We will pass by the foul cruelty which did not spare her tender years to contemplate the great power of her faith, 
whereby she overcame the weakness of childhood and witnessed a good confession. Her little body was hardly big enough to give play to the instruments of their cruelty. But if they could scarce sheath their swords in her slight frame, they found in her that which laughed, to laughed the power of the sword to scorn. She had no fear when she found herself grasped by the bloody hands of the executioners. She was unmoved when they dragged her with clanging chains. Hardly entered on life, she stood fully prepared to die. She quailed not when the weapons of the angry soldiery were pointed at her breast. If they forced her against their will to approach the altars of devils, she could stretch forth her hands to Christ amid the very flames which consumed the idolatrous offerings and mark on the heathen shrine the victorious cross of the Lord. She was ready to submit her neck and hands to the iron shackles, but they were too big to clasp her slender limbs. Behold a strange martyr. She is not grown of stature to fight the battle, but she is ripe for the triumph. Too weak to run in the race, and yet clearly entitled to the prize. Unable from her age to be anything but a learner, she is found to be a teacher. She went to the place of execution a virgin with more willing and joyful footsteps than she would have gone with to the, to the bridal chamber as a bride. The spectators were all in tears and she alone did not weep. They beheld her with wonder, laying down that life of which she had hardly begun to taste the sweetness, as freely as though she had drained it to the dregs and was weary of its burden. All men were amazed when they saw her, whose years had not made her her own mistress, arise as a witness for the deity. Consider how many threats her murderer used to excite her fears, how many arguments to shake her resolution, how many promises to bribe her to accept his offers of marriage. But she answered him, it is an insult to him whom I have wedded to expect me to comply. He that first chose me, his I will be. Headsman, why do you wait? Perish the body which draws the admiration of eyes which I would turn away. She stood, prayed, and bent her neck for the stroke. Now, mightiest thou have seen the murderer trembling as though he himself were the criminal. The hand of the executioner shake and the faces of them that stood by turn white at the sight of her position. All the while, she herself remains without fear. This one victim brought God a double offering, that of her purity and that of her faith. She preserved virginity and achieved martyrdom. St. Agnes, Virgin and Martyr, Pray for us.